Hi, it's me, G6 Mogul. I hope everyone had a great day. Right now it's 12, 12 a.m. in the middle of the night. And I want to kind of let you know who I am, if that's okay. I thank you for joining me so far. Um, well, I'm in my mid-30s, and I am the son of a man who dared to start his first business in 1964, and I took over that company in 04 once he passed. The biggest honor I had was to take care of my dad for those two years before he passed. He wasn't an easy man, not by far. He was very difficult. He was a Scorpio, November 4th to be exact. And if you've ever seen The Apprentice, my childhood was just like that. Just a lot more cursing, a lot of guns, and a lot of mind games. <laughs> he used to try and put me and my brother against each other, but he wasn't all bad. He was very driven and he, he was very intelligent wrote a couple books for himself, started his own publishing company, did a lot of things to help empower and better people. And he made me. So he definitely can't be all bad. I have a lot of skills that I was able to gain at an early age because of him. I can weld, I can do carpentry, I can do plumbing, although I hate it. I termite a house at the age 13 because that was the family company. Uh, because he threw a temper tantrum. Um, yeah, I have a lot of skills. Uh, and I'm a black belt, thanks to my dad. So I feel like I need to tell a little bit about him. And of course, my mom, she was amazing. She was, um, she was powerful. Or should I say she is? Thank God I still have her, right? Um, she used to work at Mobile Exxon at the security gate when they was first allowing women to work at the gate. And she was respectable, she was kind, she was thorough, she, she commanded respect. And it wasn't such a bold and voracious way of doing it. It was just something about her made people respect her. And uh, she, her smile was charismatic. And she carried that throughout our home life as well. So I'm kind of a combination of both of them. My dad, which should definitely hear some of that in me, and his strong militant uh, thinking, which uh, I think is definitely forward thinking and definitely shape who I am. And you also hear the compassion that I have for my mom. And that's kind of where I began. Uh, my childhood wasn't easy. It was difficult at times. Uh, it's kind of like, I don't want to say like it was a, a horrible, woe is me kind of thing, because I think 95% of America say they had a horrible childhood. And I heard some of the stories. I believe they're right. Uh, definitely way worse than mine. Uh, we, I mean, my God, we had a computer uh, there was two computers uh, in the 80s that had color screens in the city I was raised in, and that was ours and some other family. We had, we literally had three computers at my house in the 80s. Um, we we had a lot of things. We was 
some people say we was, you know, privileged or whatever. Uh, and, you know, I would say I would agree with them. And at the same time, I would also let them know that those things came at a, a cost. Uh, the mental games, my dad was m- mentally, sometimes physically abusive. Um, but at the same time, hey, <laughs> we, we were kids, where did we go? And be quite honest, we were still safer with him than majority of this, of this planet. So he, like I said, he wasn't all bad. Um, so that's just a little bit about my childhood per se. Uh, I got my work ethic from both my parents and, you know, I actually started working at a, a retail store to be defiant because because my dad did not want me to have a car. He was definitely about uh, control and he wasn't going to let that go. So I knew I just needed to get a car. Matter of fact, I remember one time being that I live in Texas and my mom, uh, I begged my mom to allow me and my younger brother to drive to Houston. We really have a lot to do. We was, I mean, I was like, I think like 15, 16 and I just wanted to do something kind of adult-like and, um, my mom agreed. We had the uh, Mazda MPV van, silver. Uh, she actually spray painted the silver with can paint at one point, which was actually embarrassing. I made it worse because the paint, you know, the van, it always, the paint always came off of the same spot in the back on all the Mazda vans. And the fact that you like put this spray paint there really made it stick out and made it worse than what it was. But you know, hey, anyway, I digress. So, um, the first time we tried to go to Houston, because there was two times, uh, my mom agreed to let us go, but my dad didn't want us to. And it was like, well, mama said that we can we can go, and so we're gonna get, go ahead and go. And he said, well, those tires I purchased on, on that van, and I don't want my tires to leave driveway. <sighs> so, he won that one. But I tried again. I tried again. I don't know what the time difference, but I tried again. And he knew I was trying again. And he accused me and my younger brother, who was also student of the year, I literally was student of the year, uh, citizenship, uh, honor classes. Uh, there's not one teacher to say anything bad about us. Uh, we was really great kids. Uh, we had no choice because my dad was a stench card man too, and he would definitely use that at the school as he promised he would when we was in first grade. Never had to do that all the way th- through graduation. But somehow he had in his, his head that he was gonna go like rob a bank or something, something diabolical. Um, totally didn't do that. But he decided to try and work me and my uh, younger brother for uh, the most of the day and to like, it was like two o'clock that afternoon and it was like, look, enough is enough. We really want to go. Like we really want to go. And I don't know, something just kind of let him let us go. And all me and my younger brother did, we drove, this was before GPS and we had a map and there was a uh, Titanic exhibit because we're geeks. 
<laughs> total geeks. And we went to the Titanic exhibit, which was amazing. You know, of course, Titanic was a big movie that came out. And, you know, Jack, I never let go. But she did let go. And, you know, the Hope Diamonds dropped in the ocean. All of a sudden, it's like billions of replicas of the Hope Diamond they were selling. And we had a really great time. I, we're, like I said, we love stuff like that. We, uh, my dad took us to museums as a kid. So, I mean, of course, where else would we go? To a museum. So uh, we did that and then we ended up meeting my uh, Aunt Peggy, which is my dad's youngest sister. And uh, she was out in Friendswood, Texas at the time, uh, doing a, a garage sale uh, with her a friend and a coworker. And you know, that was basically it. So um, we, we left and we, we enjoyed our day and we came home and you know, me and my brother, uh, you know, built this bond and I remember being in the gallery area of Houston in my mom's minivan, I just was like, I want to belong to this area. This, this, is, this is more me than the city I was driving back to. So anyway, speeding up a little bit, and I, of course, got my first car, and then, you know, later on my dad passed, and I ended up taking on the family company, and it was difficult because, um, you know, the company was soluble when I took over, and the uh, guy who was like an uncle to us, he was starting his own company, and he was starting his own company with the um, <laughs> the customers uh, that he he serviced through our company. So it was uh, it was like a little battle. Well, let me not downplay it. It was a big battle. <laughs> uh, it was. It was our livelihood. It was his livelihood. It was uh, my dad's legacy. It was my future. It was all these things. And I wasn't going to roll over and I wasn't going to uh, play dead. That <laughs> That's not something that's uh, in me. Uh, so we won. We fought. We, we regrouped. Uh, we made it happen. Uh, shout out to Zon. Uh, he was, he's my best friend even now. Uh, and um, he, we actually worked together at Sears. I'm gonna go and say we worked, it was Sears. <laughs> and um, I wanted to get away to go to a business meeting because I just found out about Robert Kiyosaki and I had no idea who he was, but the information was so amazing. It just like totally took, just took me over. And uh, I wanted to go to a meeting. Zon did, uh, was actually scheduled uh, when I needed to be scheduled so I could still keep the job. Uh, he was gonna go home and I and they wouldn't let him, let him do that. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, I quit uh, because uh, that's what, you know, young teenagers do. They just quit jobs and, you know, and I left and I told him that one day I am going to uh, pay him back for that act of kindness. And, you know, when I took over the family company, I called him and he said the best thing that I, I, I would argue to say the best thing that anyone ever told me. He said, Brandon, if you be Batman, I'll be Robin. You couldn't ask for anything better. And he was truly, truly Robin and more. And, you know, I, I don't think I could have uh, had the success that the company had 
uh, without him. Uh, the company we were for Soluble and we was able to uh, change the business dynamics and marketing. I, I got a strong love for marketing at that time, uh, guerrilla marketing and uh, grassroots marketing, uh, brand rec- brand marketing, things like that. Uh, I, I kept reading a lot of books to kind of get abreast of things, to understand business the side of business my dad didn't really show us because honestly uh the business survived 40 years word to mouth there was no form of advertising and that's pretty incredible by itself and so no not to diminish that but you know this was a new time period and uh this this was a different time it was a time without him uh and so i had to do it my way you know so anyway, the company went did well. It went to like a hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars, which is you know decent for a small company, and things were looking up. But then a couple hurricanes hit, and that caused me to rethink my life. <laughs> uh, and I did. I, I realized I didn't want to stay in that city and fight for the business uh, that was. It was it was just more like an anchor. It's, it served its purpose. Uh, it wasn't so much of me keeping my dad's legacy alive through that business. You know, he had books that he that he wrote that uh, that was more his legacy than the job job that he created. Because at the end of the day, that's what it was. Self employment is just buying your own job. Um, I wanted to create something of my own. I wanted to create something. Hopefully long-lasting and that's what I'm still trying to do and a lot of things that I am doing these days which hopefully I'll be able to share with you guys but uh yeah so I did the east coast thing I always felt like I was gonna move east coast uh I was in love and you know I was a part of this wonderful family that was dynamic was totally different from the family that I grew up with while my fact my family we grew up with like facts and knowledge and and self-awareness it wasn't a lot of the the faith and the 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 i guess i guess i i don't know should i phrase it as this but it wasn't so much of the um you know love that is without you know maybe strings you know maybe from my dad um but it was it was just great <laughs> it was wonderful it was uh it was different and i had to adapt and i am so thankful that uh, they were placed in my life and you know i, I, I still look at them as as my family although the relationship is no longer uh we're no longer together um you know it we really had some really great times, really great laughs. Oh my God, I can tell you about so many moments, but right now is not the time. Um, but I got into healthcare and I got in a call center and I actually did a lot of call center work. Uh, even before I went East Coast, um, after that Sears, after I quit Sears, I, I worked at a call center. Um, and you know, my voice, was the voice that you heard at the end of the call center, especially uh, healthcare uh, for United United Healthcare? I was Brandon, <laughs> and I I helped a lot of people. Hey, some of y'all may even recognize my voice. 
you know, I was the same voice that was helping with uh, billing and medical claims. I was the same voice that was uh, setting appointments uh, for veterans to uh, see doctors that they so desperately needed to be needed to see. Um, I was the voice at the end of your your telephone service, and you needed some some more uh, time or extension. I was also the voice that spoke to your grandmother and your grandfather, explaining to them their medication and the cost of the medication. I was the same voice that that talked to a lot of people that felt like they wanted to end their life. And I spoke to them and I made them feel better. You know, because at the end of the day, we're all just human. We're just, we all want to feel love and we want to feel connected. I spoke with the grandmother who missed her grandchild. Grandchild doesn't visit as often, went off to college. You know, I, I spoke to the couple who traveled across the uh, country in an RV to every Sam's Club. <laughs> um, and they, was, they sounded to be so in love with each other 50 years later still. I spoke to, I spoke to widows who lost their husband or widowers who lost their wife who kind of lost itself when, when I spoke with them. I spoke with people that I was the first voice to say good morning to them in weeks. Can you imagine no one saying good morning to you? Asking you, how's your day? Are you okay? I spoke to one gentleman who's a truck driver and he was around 78 and you couldn't tell his voice and his attitude. I I swear he sounded like he was about, I don't know, (laughs) 40. And I had to ask him, I asked him, what is the secret to to be like you, to have that energy and that drive. And he said that, I, first, I love what I do. And he said, the second thing and most important thing, don't be stressed. Stress is a big killer. He said, I don't stress about anything. <laughs> I pray that he is well and, and still drive across this country. <laughs> but yeah. I was that phone representative. I was the one that uh, was called on by name in some some positions because they knew that I was gonna get it done. You know, I'm a Capricorn. We're the best. <laughs> and I definitely was driven to get, get it done. So that's just a little bit about me and I guess my work ethic. And you know, what I like to talk about uh, in this podcast, it's, it's going to vary. We're going to have some fun times. We're going to have some great times. We're going to have some serious times uh, because, you know, this time in America, to me, isn't the ideal time to start a podcast. And even for me right now, 
as a young black man in America. And we're still being gunned down just for being a black man in America. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Sometimes it feels like 1920. I mean, <laughs> we have a pandemic or uh, of 1918 going on, and it look like we're reliving, reliving it because we haven't learned from our past, and we still have these officers who feels that they can take out someone's life just because they're in position to do so. You know, it's one thing for me to fear for myself, but it's another thing when I have to fear for my brother, my nephew, my cousin, my uncles, my friends. And they are such, such good people. I believe that we're all good people. We all love somebody, right? We all want to be loved by someone, I hope. So why is it that we can't be good to each other? We let so many things divide us. I mean, it's not like I don't know the answer to all these things either. But just at a simple human to human, person to person, man to man, woman to woman, woman to man. Why do we have to be so evil to each other? Like even now, a hundred thousand people have died in this country died and I'm not even counting who was killed by at the hands of cops that's a, that's that's a whole nother talk but death has swept over this country and in a way it's all by the same party is the same mindset is the same bigotry <laughs> the person who's occupying the Oval Office is encouraging it. And the party that he serves is encouraging him. They're, he's doing his, their bidding. They, they, he has their full support. In a way, and not far stretch. <laughs> if they would have took their oath seriously, 
and impeached him? Maybe those 100,000 people would still be here, or at least 30,000 less because someone would have closed the border or, or took the coronavirus seriously the first time, not the eighth time of hearing about it, and try to sweep it under the rug as if it wasn't happening, as if the previous administration didn't leave a play-by-play book, didn't leave uh, literally a department and funding to, to, to mitigate this future pandemic that they knew and left a playbook that they knew was going to happen and knew that it was going to be needed. But no, that was all ignored. And now as we fight to reopen this country to save the, the economy and people be damned, Year 2020. <laughs> we wanted so much to see this future. Everyone fight every day to see the future, to get to see another day. And someone's have to fight even harder to see that other day. Can you imagine being killed and no one's recording it? And your killers are the people who swore to protect you and they still keep their jobs and go home to their families and your family is left with questions, left with saying goodbye to their loved one, you. For many decades, that's been the fate of a lot of black families. And thank God that we have each other back enough to record and stand up for each other. But what is the solution? I think the solution I think the solution is a lot of these black churches, (laughs) they're in the community. They are at every corner and yet the crime rate is still going up. Killings are still happening. They're supposed to be be giving the community a conscience. They're supposed to guide the community. And the only thing they teach us is, you know, pray for, we'll pray for you and you know and oh it'll be good tomorrow let me give you something to make you feel good about today uh, you know get yours in hereafter um, just just total bullshit let's just be honest it's the okie doke they don't want to get political but they don't mind presidents um, you know choices going to a church and solicit for votes, but they don't want to get political. What they don't want is the grant money to be taken from their churches. Once again, people be damned. Because the first time a Trayvon Martin would have happened, 
any respectable churches would have reached out to other churches and would have band together in solidarity and say, hey, from Florida to Alaska, from Maine to Texas, this would not happen again. And we will flex our might as a united group to ensure that that would not happen. That should even happen now. This economy is quite fragile at the moment with the unemployment levels going up and the economics are unsure. <laughs> this would be a great time to flex that muscle because at the end of the day, we all want to go home to the ones who love us. We all want a bright future. And I should not, you should not, wake up to news of anyone being brutally killed or harmed, not by a, a random violence by a, by a criminal or a psycho, by a police officer who's killing and still getting paid to kill. So I'm going to leave it at that for right now. I hope that you all continue this journey with me. Not every time is going to be so dark. <laughs> There's a lot of great things to talk about too. But I just wanted to highlight you. And, you know, definitely feel free to holler at me. Um, I'm going to try and, and do a podcast twice a week. Uh, I'm thinking Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you know what? I will keep you posted. Let me know if you want to hear about something. Uh, I'm pretty open. I love different subjects. I love learning. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully you want to uh, continue the conversation with me or have a different conversation with me. I welcome it, and I welcome you. Thank you, and y'all have a great night, and please be good to each other. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all we have, and hopefully that's enough. Bye for now.